or if I manage to get this tangled. What the bloody hell have I done? Oh, I've got the tangled round. There we are. <laughs> I'm talking about the microphone wire, incidentally, just in case you're wondering. He doesn't know he's recording, doesn't he? Just in case some of you were getting a bit worried as to what I was referring to there. The wire was getting tangled around the microphone. I'm just using my lapel mic today, and I'm just doing a quick podcast. Apparently, because nothing's been recorded for the last uh, three weeks or so, I thought it was high time that we checked in. Or that I check in, because it's just me here at the moment. Ellie is at work. I mean, the thing is, if you want to buy Ellie out, you know, if you think, we want to hear Ellie, we want to hear you, we want the podcast to be regular, then you could start putting in some money. In fact, thank you very much to David, who has donated. He's done something that I didn't even know you could do on PayPal, but he's set up a monthly donation. He's donating £2 a month. So thank you very much, David. I mean, you might be listening to this now, going, bloody hell, I wonder why £2 is coming out of my account every month. Right, I'll have to cancel that. That's a better bloody mistake. I wonder if there's any way of getting me money back. Although, presumably, if he's listening to the podcast, then, especially if he's listening to this one, he won't begrudge spending £2 a month. I, well, I wouldn't imagine if he'd be up in his ante. <laughs> What's this? What he gets up to in his private life, David, is his own, his own business. People are paying you money, David, and you start sort of trying to tarnish their reputation. It's probably just me, when I was drunk, just setting up a donation to the podcast. Knowing that, I'll be so hungover in the morning, I'll forget what I've done. So I'll be like, oh, this is really nice. Two pound a month from a David. Thank you very much. I'll put the PayPal address on the description of the podcast or something like that. And you can do that if you want. This was not, I hadn't intended to ask you for money. It's just I remembered that somebody had done it. I haven't mentioned anyone paying or anything like that. He just did it on his own volition. Anyway, this, if you're wondering what this is, well, it's the David Eagle podcast. You know that much. But if you're wondering, like, what is happening this week, there's no Ellie. There's me. I'm currently now, we're now in the kitchen. So I just thought I'd do a little podcast, just a quick one. And then Ellie and I will be recording another one this week. And then we'll probably put that out over the week, next weekend or something like that. So there's lots to talk about. Firstly... The fact that the podcast, in the past, you were able to ask Google to play the David Eagle podcast if you had one of those Google devices. In the past, you could ask it to play the David Eagle podcast, but now it's refusing. Well, it's not quite refusing, but you have to... I think it's because it's explicit. The podcast is marked as explicit. And I think they've obviously changed the settings in the way that Google works. And now if you ask to play the David Eagle podcast, it now says, I'm sorry, I can't do that. You're going to have to prove that you're an adult, which is a bit of a shame because that kind of removes an avenue for people to listen to the podcast because they may give up. As great as this podcast is, they may go, oh, well, I'll listen to another podcast because, you know, I'm busy right now. I can't, I don't want to go into the, some app and activate settings and that kind of thing. So it won't, it won't do it. I mean, it may be just as well because some of the things that I want, one thing in particular that I want to tell you about today does involve using one of the what is considered to be one of the worst swear words so bearing in mind i do a lot of stuff in school it's probably for the best maybe that that defense wall has been put up but well done if you are listening to this on your google device or other such app and you have proved yourself to be an adult and you're now able to listen well done. And I don't know if this is any way related. I asked Google a couple of days ago if it could play me Prokofiev Symphony Number no. 1. 
absolute classic. Well, it is a classic. Yeah, literally, it's a classic. It's bloody brilliant. I would heartily recommend that. So it's a shame that the kids aren't able to listen to this, because now I'll be educating them. Yeah, I very much recommend Prokofiev Symphony Number no. 1, but you can't, again, ask Google to do it. It used to be able to do it. I listened to, I listened to Symphony Number no. 1 a few weeks ago. I very much enjoy it. What I tend to do with a lot of classical music is I often scat to classical music. I don't know why. I like to just sort, I just sort of scat away with the music. I think it's quite a fun genre to scat to. No, I don't like or anything like that but it's more like because there's so many dynamics and motifs and different instruments and often the oboe will play a little motif and then the, the piccolo will play the motif and it'll play at different volumes and it's quite fun to do that to sort of match what it's doing and to do it yourself <laughs> because it's almost like it's a bit of a game can I get it right and sometimes you get it wrong Sometimes, because lots to remember, you know, even if you know a piece of classical music well, like I know Prokofiev's Symphony No. 1 rather well. I was going to say ra rather intimately, <laughs> but that sounded a bit wrong. It sounds like I'm getting up to no good while listening to it, which is not. That's the case. That's Peter and the Wolf. That's what gets me going. Uh, not Symphony No. 1, though. I like to scan to that. But there's so much going on, it's fun to see if you can remember exactly what each bit's going to do. Sometimes I think, oh, here comes the piccolo riff, and uh, I start doing it, I start going, and it's actually the oboe going, so I'm doing it the octave up, and I'm like, oh, oh, caught me out there. It kind of keeps you on your toes. It's a really good exercise for the brain. And you've got the different riffs as well that you can do, because there's like things going on in the bass at the same time. You've got to try and get the dynamics right. If the dynamics are increasing, so if it's getting louder, I'll sort of sit up straighter. And if it's going quieter, I'll go down a little bit. Sometimes I'll like go into like a crouching position or something like that. And then up, when it goes really loud. <laughs> By the way, everything is all right between me and Ellie. I does, I'm aware that it does sound like very much I'm having some sort of mental breakdown and that Ellie has left me. When the music goes up, well, I start stretching in the air. When the music goes down, it gets a bit quieter. That's when I start crouching. It's been a bit of a difficult time for me, to be honest. It's just me spending my days crying in bed, feverishly masturbating a Peter and the Wolf. Then that feeling of terrible guilt and forlornness compels me to get up. I've got to do something. Come on, David. You've got to keep fit. You've got to, you've got to get moving. That's when I put symphony number one on. Come on. When the music goes up, you stretch up. When the music goes down, you're doing your squats. Up, down, up, down. It gives you a real workout because actually, especially with Elements of Symphony No. 1 by Prokofiev, it's really going some. So it's great for breath control because you've got to get a lot in and there's so many different dynamics. So you think, well, have I got enough breath left? <laughs> I hope you've got enough breath left because this is where the crescendo's coming. So you've got to know when to take your breaths, when not to take your breaths. And at the same time, you're doing your squats, you're doing your, you know, you're squatting down when it's quieter, you're stretching up when it's louder. Anyway, the reason I was talking about Symphony No. 1 by Prokofiev, I asked Google to play it, and it said, I'm sorry, I can't play that. And it refuses to play Prokofiev's Symphony No. 1. Weirdly, it'll play Peter and the Wolf. It doesn't say that I have to prove that I'm an adult before I can listen to it. <laughs> it just says it can't play it. It plays Peter and the Wolf. I mean, in fairness, maybe it plays Peter and the Wolf because it, I've proved that I'm an adult many a time when listening to Peter and the Wolf. And Google's probably seen that. Oh, he's, well, he's clearly an adult. Uh, we can tell that from what he's been up to. So that's what the David Eagle podcast and Prokofiev have in common. Maybe it is a bit, it's quite advanced. Maybe people think, oh, no, if the kids end up listening to this, it'll give them some ideas. You know, it's because there is some rather cheeky modulations. F-sharp major into the G minor. Oh, oh no, 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 we can't have the kids listening to that. No, no, they'll get ideas. If they hear some of those modulations, the kids are going to start rioting. There we go. We run the whole gamut here on the David Eagle podcast. We were talking about Borny M last time. Now we're talking about Prokofiev. 
There's no knowing which way we're going to turn. Anyway, as I say, it's a good job that this has been marked as explicit, that adults have to prove themselves before they can listen to the David Eagle podcast, because I need to tell you a story about something that happened to me last week on the way to a gig. I was standing at the tube station. Well, a couple of things happened to me on this journey, and I was feeling really run down because I'd lost my voice, which is another reason why we've not done a podcast for a while, because I've not really been able to speak, and I'm not sure the world's ready for an Andy Skinner monologue. Anyway, so I'm going to warn you that there is what is considered to be, in this country, the worst swear word I will be saying. Because I have to, because it is what this man said to me on this station at the London Underground. So I'm just standing there waiting for a train. I was waiting for assistance, actually. We've talked before on the podcast that sometimes when I'm on the tube, you get to the barriers and they'll say, we'll get someone to take you down. I'm hoping that the words, we'll get someone to take you down, is an offer for help rather than a threat. In this situation, it seemed like it was an offer to help, but a threat was forthcoming. So the assistant puts me on one of the trains, and then they get someone to meet me at the other end. But when I got off the train, the assistant hadn't turned up yet. So I'm waiting at the station, and I can just hear this quiet voice pretty close to me. And this is where the swear word comes in. So you've had your final warning. If you don't want to hear it, go and listen to Symphony Number no. 1, Prokofiev. And I can just hear this man next to me, and he was going, You blind cunt. You blind cunt. You fucking blind cunt. Blind cunt. You fucking blind cunt. Fuck off, you fucking blind cunt. Fuck off, you fucking blind cunt. And I, partly because I didn't know really how to react. Secondly, because I didn't really want any trouble. I thought this was trouble enough. Thirdly, because I was feeling really run down and I hardly had any voice and I really didn't want to waste it on this man and I didn't want to get into an altercation. Fourthly, because I wasn't recording. If I'd have been recording, I might have, uh, I might have said something, but I just ignored him, thinking, this is really strange. I assumed he wasn't the assistant. So I'm ignoring him, but he continues. You fucking blind cunt. Fuck off, you. Fuck off, you fucking blind cunt. I continue to ignore him, and then he gets pretty much in my face. And I've got a mask on, because I'm one of the sheep. And then he starts going, Oi, oi, you fucking blind cunt. Oi, oi, you blind cunt. Oi. It sounded like a very profane, ill-advised Chas and Dave song. You fucking blind cunt. Oi, you fucking blind cunt. Oi, oi, oi. You fucking blind cunt. <laughs> you know, I'm sure it would sound much better when if it was accompanied with honky-tonk piano, but... As it was, he was just he was just saying it. So I still ignored him. Then there was a bit of a pause and he says, Oi, are you blind? So now he was asking me, for the first time, he was, he was asking me a direct question. Are you blind? Are you blind? So I felt compelled to answer now because I thought you'd get more aggressive if I didn't answer. So I said yes. So I said yes and then he said, Well, fuck off then. Fuck off, you fucking blind cunt. Go on, fuck off, you fucking blind cunt. So, and I don't know why he asked me if I was blind. Maybe a doubt had crept into his mind. Maybe he's going, he's not. Is he, is he blind? He's got, a, he's got a cane, which I'm pretty sure is a symbol of blindness, but maybe he's thinking this would be rather embarrassing. If I'm calling him a fucking blind cunt, turns out he's not blind. If I, I wonder what he'd have done if I said no. No, I'm not blind, mate. Sorry, oh dear. Sorry about that. I feel a bit silly now. Um, I should have been calling you a fucking cunt, but uh, I've been calling you a fucking blind cunt. Fuck off, you fucking cunt. That's what I should have said. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm new to this. <laughs> Even though I was carrying a, a symbol of blindness, a white cane, he started having his doubts that I was blind, but he had absolutely no doubts whatsoever that I was a cunt. I don't know what that was based on, but he, he didn't go, are you a cunt? Uh, no, I don't think I am. Oh, right, sorry, sorry. If I did have a white cane, a symbol of blindness with me, and I wasn't blind, then that would perhaps justify his comment that I was a cunt. But it's a bit strange, sort of walking around impersonating a blind man, just for a bit of a laugh. His weird logic, once I'd admitted that I was blind, he was like, well then, fuck off, you fucking blind cunt. As if it was obvious, it's like, why, why haven't you been fucking off? 
I mean, I'm clearly talking to you. you. You didn't fuck off, so I'm starting to doubt whether you were blind. I ask you. Now I'm completely confused as to why, despite me repeatedly saying, fuck off, you fucking blind cunt, you haven't fucked off. You know, surely that's the next logical step here. So I did. Well, I didn't really. I just took three... I said, well, all right, fair enough. And then I took three steps in the opposite direction and stood there. And he didn't come after me. He seemingly was satisfied with that. Maybe there had been some confusion. The person who was trying to book me assistance had said, there's a blind man coming off at Waterloo Station. He's going to London, Victoria. You need to take him down. And maybe the bloke was new to the job. He didn't realise he meant offer assistance. He thought, I'll take him down, all right. If that's what I need to do to get along in this job, it seems like a very strange request, but I will. Right, what should I call him? Fucking blind cunt. Seems a little unreasonable, but this is, these, are my, these are my orders. I'm just following orders. So I was, I was in a bit of a rush because the public transport getting down to London had been delayed and I had to get to Guildford. I then had an altercation with the assistant. I can't completely blame him for this, but I was, as I say, in a bit of a rush. I wanted to get, I needed to get a certain train to get me to Guildford to make the gig in time because I was opening the gig. So I needed to get this train, otherwise I'd be late for the gig. And I'd been travelling for seven hours by this point just to get to this point on delayed public transport and I was in danger of missing the gig if I didn't catch this train. And I'd already waited three minutes for the assistant to turn up. So all that happened was we got to the escalator and the escalator, there was nobody else on the escalator. So I started walking up the escalator, which to my mind is a common sense thing to do. I do it all the time. I walk up escalators or, or down them if they're going down, obviously. No, no, I'm going to walk up. I'm a bit of a maverick. You can't pin me down because I'm a revolutionary. Me and Prokofiev. He knows a thing or two about modulating up. Maybe this other bloke up the station had heard. Nowadays, if you want to have an interaction with me, you've got to prove that you're an adult. Maybe he'd misunderstood. So that's why he was calling me a cunt. So I start walking up the escalator, which makes complete sense to me because I think, well, I'd really like to make this train. And I wasn't like running up the escalator. I was just walking up the escalator, clearly absolutely fine and not worried about it at all. And there was nobody else there on the escalator. So I just start walking up the escalator and the man says, sir, sir, stop, stop. It's an escalator. So I just turn to him and I just casually say, oh, it's, it's all right, I'm, I'm used to this. Thinking, oh, well, he's obviously a little bit worried. You know, he's offering bl a blind man assistance and now the blind man's walking up the escalator. He's a little bit worried, but now he'll see, I'm absolutely fine. There's going to be no issues at all. But he just keeps going, sir, sir. And I'm like, oh, no, no, honestly, mate, it's, it's fine. And I'm calmly saying this whilst also thinking, I really want to make the train. So I'm assuming that he's walking up the escalator behind me, especially if he's worried, especially if he's worried about my safety, that he would join me up the escalator. So if anything did happen, he is there. So I get to the top of the escalator and I'm looking around and he's nowhere to be seen. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm getting a little bit frustrated, but I'm hiding my frustration, but I'm thinking, He's, he's not moving. He's clearly saw me walk up the escalator and he's just obstinately decided I'm not moving. I'm making a point, I'm not moving. Now, the only thing I can say really in his defence is that maybe he had a bad leg or maybe there was some reason why he couldn't really walk up the escalator. And that's all I can say maybe in his defence. Otherwise, I don't know what he was doing. So he gets to the top and I didn't really say anything to him. And he said, don't rush the assistance. Don't rush the assistance, sir. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't really trying to rush you or anything. It was more that I've been on a delayed bus and I've got a gig tonight and I need to make this next train. Otherwise, I'm in danger of missing the gig. And he said, no, I'll just say what I said again. Don't rush the assistance. 
So it was a bit of a strange thing, and I thought, well, I'm not gonna have a go at him or anything like that, I'm just, accept this. But then we came to another escalator, and I just had to stand there. And I thought, a part of me thought, he's actually now no use to me. Because the reason for getting assistance is to speed up my journey, so I don't have to keep asking people, is this the right platform, is this the right platform? But actually, all he is now doing is stopping me getting to where I need to go quicker. I've already had to wait for him for three minutes, and now he's forcing me to stand still on the escalators. And even if I don't stand still on the escalator, he will stubbornly stand there. He wasn't walking as fast as I would have ideally liked it. As I say, he might have something wrong with him, but I think it would have been better, if in that case, for him to have said, I'm really sorry, but I've got a bad leg. I can't really walk up the escalator. I'm, I'm sorry about that. And then that would have been fine, and I would have understood why he was doing what he was doing, but there was no explanation. So we got to the train, and we, we did make it, and I said, I'm, you know, I'm sorry for walking up the escalator. It's just, um, that's what I would ordinarily do, and there was nobody on, and I was absolutely fine to do that. And I thought that by me saying that I was fine to do that would have eased your mind and also I've traveled a long way to do a gig that I'm contractually obliged to do and because of delays I might miss that gig so I just wanted to make sure I didn't so that I can fulfill my professional obligation and not have had a completely wasted journey because I won't get paid for the gig if I don't do it and he just said well I'll say what I said again don't rush the assistance <laughs> it was very frustrating but we made the train so I wasn't and I made the gig absolutely fine it was a very strange gig as well very different to the usual type of gig. It was just a very polite audience. And they laughed in all the right places, but their laughs were just so quick. Like there were bits that I would say 95% of the time gets an applause or gets a really long laugh that can go on for like 10 seconds or something and it can ripple. And here, it would just go ha 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 ha. And it would end. It's as if they'd had a bit of a meeting before the gig and they said, look, if we don't laugh as much, we can get more value for our money. It's the laughter that's slowing things down. The more we laugh, the less jokes we're gonna hear. The fewer jokes we're gonna hear, I think you'll find. Look, this is hardly the time for point scoring. You know I've come over to this country. I was a refugee. I came over to this country a couple of years ago. I've done well to assimilate into your culture. You know, I've got the accent. Actually, I haven't got the accent. I'm talking in a Yorkshire accent. That's by the by. By Dubai? I didn't think you came from Dubai. I thought it was Afghanistan. Anyway, that's just a little bit of a backstory there <laughs> for the guy who uh, got corrected. But uh, it's almost as if they had a meeting and they said, I mean, it would, make, it would make sense actually for the bloke to have a Yorkshire accent, bearing in mind that he's suggesting if they laugh less and for a shorter period of time, then they'll get more bang for their buck. They'll get more jokes in. Ha <laughs> ha There we go, we've laughed. On to the next joke. Come on, we're getting our money's worth. So it was a little bit of a strange gig. But I did a lovely gig this weekend in Hull. I'll end by telling you this. So when I go on stage, I always record the gig from my pocket on my phone. And also on my phone, I set a timer. So when it goes off, I know obviously how long I've done and when to start wrapping things up. So I started recording on my phone and then I had the timer ready to go. So then the compare calls my name and I go onto the stage and I start saying stuff and I immediately realize I've left my phone. I've left my phone in the green room. Anyway, I do the gig and I come off, and I come off the stage, and everyone in the green room, all the other comedians are saying, and the organiser is saying, oh, that was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, we've, we were just, we were loving that. Absolutely loving it, you know. And they were so full of praise. Anyway, I say, oh, I'm sorry about the time I left my phone in the green room. I'd set my timer, you know, I'd just got my timer ready to press start. I, you know, I'd started recording. And then I realised, oh my God, I've been recording from the green room. Don't worry, I'll delete this 
I'll delete it now. I set my recorder going and you've all been in the green room while I've been doing my set. There's a speaker on in the green room, so they've been able to hear the gig and chances are they've been making little comments. They could be positive comments, but they could be negative comments. I might just discover they've been really praising me in person. If I listen to the recording back, then, you know, they might be slagging me off <laughs> a little bit uh, one-dimensional. But it's samey. Once you've heard one joke, you've heard them all. He's a fucking blind cunt. You know, they could be saying anything. Was it, was it weird, these little uh, warm-up ritual that he had? It's almost like he didn't realise there were other people in the green room. Stripped naked. Well, we all know what we saw. Was it Peter and the Wolf he was playing? I think it was. It was Prokofiev, Peter and the Wolf. Anyway, so I deleted it. I said, look, I'm going to delete it. And I deleted it in front of them. I did once, and I probably, I really maybe shouldn't say this, but it's just you and me. We'll be fine. I put a load of recordings I'd made on the digital recorder onto the hard drive. And a lot of them I hadn't checked as to what was on it. I just went, select all, cut, paste, onto a hard drive. Forgot about it. The ones I needed to get, I named. The ones I didn't, just stayed there. So I didn't, hadn't checked them all, because I knew which ones I wanted to keep and which ones I didn't, and I hadn't really thought anything about it. And it was only while just going through a hard drive one day, out of curiosity to see what was on it, and I came across this recording, and I thought, oh, what's this? So I started listening to it, and I thought, oh, it's me and my girlfriend at the time, having a bit of a chat. So I skipped a little way into it, and we'd progressed from chatting. And it was getting rather intimate. <laughs> and, uh, well, I knew all, all the hallmark signs were there, you know. You don't need me to go into details, but there were certain sounds, let's just say. Well, I should have known as soon as I heard Peter and the Wolf, I thought, we know what's happening. <laughs> Prokofiev's on the stereo. Things are getting steamy. And it was that weird moment of slight paralysis. Not during, I mean, while listening to the recording. I don't mean at the time. Oh, there was no problems in that area, clearly, from what I could hear. Um, this was an accidental recording. I hadn't gone, oh, things are getting intimate. Best start recording this one. You know, that's not what was happening. I'd accidentally, the, the recorder in my pocket must have got knocked. This happened quite a few times. Not, <laughs> not me having an intimate moments. Well, they did happen quite a few times, but not me recording the intimate moments. Anyway, I mean, look, I don't want to brag, but let's just say we're getting pretty close to double digits on that score. Well, actually, I mean, that was a joke about how many times I'd been intimate with a woman, but I now realise it could also allude to something else, which is not what I was referring to, double digits. Well, I mean, there might have been a bit of that going on. I can't remember. To be honest, what happened was I heard the recording. There was a little moment of paralysis where I was like, what the hell is this? And then I deleted the recording. I immediately deleted it. But what must have happened is it must have got knocked in my pocket. <laughs> I don't know what by, <laughs> but it did happen quite a few times, like other times where the digital recorder would just start recording. I'd have it in my pocket or I'd have it in my bag and it would just start recording. So I'd like taxi journeys and stuff. I'd suddenly have recorded or a lot of the time me just walking. But it was such a strange thing to hear because, you know, I've never heard myself in that moment before. Obviously, I have heard myself in the moment, but I'm in the moment. I was curious to hear how it sounded, but this sounds very odd, I appreciate it, which is why I deleted it. I did the right thing, I deleted it, it's gone. Now I know that this podcast is, you've got to prove yourself as an adult before you can listen to the David Eagle podcast. Maybe I could have put it on as a, as a, as a bonus, a bonus extra, bonus, bonus extra, perhaps. Oh, bit of bonus content. <laughs> you fucking blind cunt. No, no, she wasn't blind. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I should have told you that. The thing is, I haven't got Ellie to tell me to stop. You know, like, she will censor me. So maybe I shouldn't have said that. But I don't think there's anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I think I did everything right. Again, I'm talking about my approach to deleting the recording. 
I really didn't go into that much detail with my activities on that particular night. Although, from what I did hear, it did sound like I was doing everything right. But uh, clearly, it wasn't enough to keep the relationship alive. I mean, that could have been a very interesting thing. If we were doing hard drive roulette, that could have been something very interesting. Oh, you've picked an interesting one, Ellie. Okay, this one's going to take some explanation. <laughs> anyway, I'm starting to wonder whether I should have told you that last story, but I think it's fine. It's fine. You know, if, if I'd have said, I keep the recording, I listen to it every week. I, can, I know every word, every word, every noise. Timed it perfectly, just as Peter and the Wolf crescendos. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Unsully your mind by listening to Prokofiev Symphony Number no. 1. I'll put the PayPal link on the uh, podcast description, or you can just go to my website, davideagle.co.uk, but I'm not really, at the moment, in the market for asking for donations or anything like that, but some people have done one-off donations when the podcast started, but it's lovely to get that. It's a little bit of a treat. Because of that, David, and you might get a Christmas present this year. So, there you go. We should be back this weekend, or certainly early part of next week, for a proper episode of the David Eagle podcast, as opposed to this improper episode of the David Eagle podcast. <laughs> to be honest, next week's episode will probably have elements of impropriety as well. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. There we go. I think I've remembered to stop the recording. Um... That was very good. Well done, David. Well done. I think you deserve a bit of a special treat. Go on, you deserve it. Do you think? I do. Well, why not? Why not? Why not? Just a cheeky one. Play Prokofiev. Playing Sergei Prokofiev on Spotify. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, bloody hell, I'm still recording.